0: Chapter 9, just the first part of the chapter, there's two chapters here of Job's answer to Bildad, uh, and I want to look at just the first part. I was looking back, the last couple Sunday nights in Job um, have kind of been the same message. (laughs) So uh, don't get bored on me here. Um, we're, uh, We're going to look at somewhat the same thing again tonight. And I, I know this is the way the Lord's leading, so I know that uh, it is what we need, and um, I know that we can benefit from it. So just read the first part of the chapter with me here. Verse 1 says, Then Job answered and said, I know it is so of a truth, but how should man be just with God? If he will contend with him, he cannot answer him one in a thousand. He is wise in heart and mighty in strength. Who hath hardened himself against him, and hath prospered? Which removeth the mountains, then they know not. Which overturneth them in anger. Excuse me. Which shaketh the earth out of her place, and the pillars thereof tremble. Which commanded the sun, and it riseth not, and sealeth up the stars. Which alone spreadeth out the heaven, and treadeth upon the waves of the sea. Which made Articus, Orion, and Pleiades, and the chambers of the south. Which doeth great things past finding out, yea, and wonders... Without number, I want to stop right there. My challenge tonight is, will you contend with God? Will He contend with Him? He cannot answer Him. One in a thousand, verse 3 says, Do we, are we just before God? Another thing he asks is, can, uh, how should man be just with God? Uh, how can we question Him? And so often we do. Let's have a word of prayer, we'll get into some scripture tonight. Father, thank you. Uh, Thank you for the ability to come tonight to study your word. The great privilege it is to open your word together and look into it. And Lord, I ask for your strength, Lord, your wisdom. Um, Father, just to open each one of our minds to your word, that we would have understanding, that we would grow, be be, uh, strengthened tonight. And encouraged from your word, Lord, leaving this evening better equipped to serve you this week. Father, we'll praise you for it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So, how shall a man be just? If he will contend with him, he, will not, he cannot answer him one in a thousand. How often do we contend with God? Job's answering Bildad here. Bildad had, had brought some points out about God, but he was accusing Job of being in sin and, and Job answers a good question here, or asks a good question. How should a man be just with God? Then he says, if he contend with him, he cannot answer him one in a thousand. How can I contend with God? And I was looking at this and, and just reminded again how often I harden my heart or I justify myself against the will of God. How often I think I have a right to something, or I've been defrauded, or something is not fair. We think that is an emotion that a child, only a child goes through, that maybe when we grow up we'll get over thinking things are not fair, but it happens to us all. Can we contend against the will of God? And I want to go to some other passages this evening and and read... um, Thirteen verses in in Isaiah chapter 45 to begin with. So go there if if you would, please. Isaiah chapter 45. I just wrote two questions down. And and it amounts to one point tonight. If you're trying to do an outline off of my message, I apologize. It would be difficult this evening. Um... Who is who will contend and who will harden? He says about hardening our heart against God. Verse one of chapter forty-five says, "Thus saith the Lord to His anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden to subdue nations before Him, and I will loose the loins of kings to open before Him the two leaved gates, and the gates shall not be shut." I will go before and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places, that thou mayest know that I am the Lord, which call thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. Or which call thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. For Jacob my servant's sake and Israel mine elect, I have even called thee by thy name. I have surnamed thee, though thou hast not known me. There is no God beside thee. I girded thee, thou, uh, though thou hast not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Read that verse again. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. He does not create sin. But He does bring upon us things that are unpleasant and difficult and, and, and painful. I, the Lord, do these things. Drop down, ye heavens, from above, and let the skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open, and let them bring forth salvation, and let righteousness bring, spring up together. I, the Lord, have created it. He's reminding him, I am the Lord, I do all of these things. Woe unto him that striveth with his maker. Let the potsherd strive with the potsherds of the earth. Shall the clay say to him that that fashioned it, What makest thou? Or thy work he hath no hands. Woe unto him that saith to his father, What begettest thou? Or to the woman, What hast thou brought forth? Thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, and his maker, Ask me of things to come concerning my sons, and concerning the work of of my hands command ye me. Mr. Martin loved that verse. He he looked at that verse and said, Why do we not give God command in our life and, and ask some mighty things of him? I have made the earth and created man upon it. I even my hands have stretched out the heavens, and all their host have I commanded. I have raised Him up in righteousness, and I will direct all his ways. He shall build my city, and he shall not let go my captives, nor for price, uh, not for price nor reward, saith the Lord of hosts. And we're going to stop right there. I wanted to go back to verse nine. Woe unto him that striveth with his maker! Drop down in the middle of that verse. Shall the clay say to him that fashioneth fashioneth it? Fashioneth, (laughs) boy, what makest thou? What are you doing? What are you doing? Can we really question God? In the difficult times, He is going to bring things that are are hard. I I make peace and I make evil. I create evil. I, I bring you times of peace and I bring you times of struggle. Are you going to question me? And I know we all do. I'm, I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of it in minor difficulties, let alone the big ones. I've never suffered like Job. I mentioned my great-grandma this morning. I've never suffered like she did. She, 57 years of, of turmoil and struggle. I know she had good times in there, and I know she had peace in her heart. But her earthly situation was difficult, and I wonder how many times she stopped and said, What is going on? How long, Lord, is it going to take for this man to get his heart right and start treating me like a human being and start following the Lord? I'm sure there was times. The Bible says, Woe unto him that striveth with his Maker. If my great-grandma did that, she she repented of it and she went on living a godly, faithful life. If I can say, you've done me wrong and turned my back on God, the Bible says, woe unto you. There's there's a curse placed upon that. God's going to punish us. How often do we question God? I have made the earth and created man upon it, verse 12. I even my hands have stretched out the heavens and all their host have I commanded. I have done these things. I am God. There is none else beside me. Can we can we really question him? I want you to go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and I've I've I would like to say that I have um, got this solid in my mind and I live this way every day. I wish I could say that. But to know that God is, is working in everything that He does for the good of those that follow Him, we, we need to, to see everything through this lens. Verse 26 speaks of the Holy Spirit. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us which, with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. I, I love these two verses. Not only in my anguish and my turmoil, when I don't know how to speak, I don't know how to cry out to God. The Holy Spirit will intercede for me. But day by day by day, the Holy Spirit is looking in my life and and seeing where my weaknesses are, where, where my faults are, and where I need growth. And that's going to be for the rest of my life. And he prays to the Father for the saints according to the will of God. So he looks in and he says, Ryan needs to grow in this area. He needs he needs his faith strengthened this week. And so he prays to the Father and then we see verse 28 and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. So then I can say the thing that I face tomorrow is because the Holy Spirit is praying for me according to the will of God that I grow in this area and God is going to put something in my life to make me grow in that way. To shape me in His image. It's such a powerful passage. If we will understand everything in our life is... You could blame it on the Holy Spirit. He's interceding for you. And God's unconditional love continues to bring things into my life and your life to shape us more and more in the image of God verse 29 says for whom he did foreknow he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren moreover whom he did predestinate them he also called and them, uh, whom he called them he also justified and whom he justified them he also glorified the foreknow the predestination of God is that you're to be conformed into the image of his son so everything that God does is for that purpose what we think is good and what we think is bad, the easy and the hard. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him? All, how shall He? Yeah. How shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is He that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of of God, who also maketh intercession for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ. Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? You know all those difficulties that come in your life? That God brought into your life to form you more into the image of Christ? They can't separate you from the love of God. You know what? Actually, they're part of the love of God. We discipline our children because we love them. We, we make them work because we love them, not because we think it's funny to watch them do the dishes, but so that they learn to, to be a, a responsible adult. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long, we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's assurance of salvation, but it's also assurance that every day He's working for you. Working for you to, to do what is best for you. It's easier to accept difficulties if I'm walking in verse, or chapter 8 of Romans. Those, those struggles have, have meaning then and, and doesn't make them easy. Don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it takes away the pain and the, and the suffering. But it allows us to understand and it allows us to, to walk in faith and to rest in Him. He is wise towards us. He is doing what is right for us. Back in our text in verse 4, He is wise in heart. He is wise in heart. I love that little statement. He is the source of all wisdom. He is wisdom itself. So I can't contend, contend with Him. I can't be, justify myself before Him. I don't have a defense or a counsel to say this is wrong. I stop and I say, yes, Lord, you're doing what is right in my life. Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah 43. We're going to read the first 13 verses of this chapter as well. I love verse 13. Verse 1 says, but now, but now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. I can say the same thing. You've redeemed me. You called me by your name. I am yours. If you know the Lord is your Savior, this is our testimony. So verse 2 then says, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, and neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. When the difficulties come, the statement, I will be with thee. I'm going to be there with you. So therefore, the waters aren't going to overflow you, Overflow thee. The water or the fire shall not burn you. I'm going to lead you and keep you safe through the struggles and through the trials. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and sea before thee. Since thou was precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore, I will give men for thee and people for thy life. Fear not. For I am with thee, I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up, to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, even everyone that is called by my name. For I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled. Who among them can declare this and show us former things? Let them bring forth their witnesses that they may be justified, or let them hear and say it is truth. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared and saved and I have showed... When, thou, when there was no strange God among you, therefore ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Yea, before the day was, I am He. And there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who shall let it? That statement is awesome to me. I love it. I will work, and who shall let it? The Bible's saying, who's going to prevent me? Who can stop the work that God is going to do? Verse 2 says, I will be with you when you pass through the waters, when the difficult times are there in your life. I will be with you. And verse 13 says, I am working, and nothing can stop that work. So if I go back to Job and I and I put myself in Job's circumstances, I don't have to know the why. I don't have to know the end. I simply have to know that God is with me and that He always does what is necessary in my life to draw me to Himself, to make me what I am supposed to be. Confident in this, that He hath begun a work in you, will continue it until the day of Christ. I love that verse as well. The reference just slipped my mind. What an amazing verse. That He doesn't stop working in my life. When He takes me out of here, then He's done. And I will be in in His presence and I will be in my perfect state. But here on earth, He's working in your life and there's a reason for it. He is wise in heart and mighty in strength. Who hath hardened Himself against Him and hath prospered? Who can... Who can fight against God? I love the question that the Lord asked Paul when he knocked him down on the road to Damascus. It's hard, well, the statement he made, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. Why do you keep fighting against me? And Paul surrendered there to the Lord. He, he could no longer fight against God. He realized that who he was, that he is the mighty one. How often do we harden ourselves against him? How often do we question Him? I've heard it all my life, I, I've, and I've said it all my life, and I believe this is true. Last time I sat down and spoke to my father-in-law for very long, he, he was talking about this as well, that, that uh, here in America we don't know persecution at all. We really don't know uh, spiritual attack either. Not to the extent that you see it on the foreign field. Not that you see it in other countries. We haven't been attacked for our faith. They haven't stormed in these doors and arrested anyone for standing and preaching the Word of God. But are we going to be ready when it does? Because it is coming. The Scripture tells us those things are going to come. And we have gotten very used to um, a very easy very comfortable life. What happens when they shut us down? What happens when we're told to stand for the name of Christ? Will we question Him? Or walking in faith, say, Lord, I, I, uh, I don't know what I'm facing tomorrow, but I know that You're with me and I know this is what's right in my life. I've, I've thought about those that were uh, behind the Iron Curtain, and those that the Christians that have suffered in China, and those that suffer in the Middle East today, and those that suffer in North Korea, do they walk by faith? I believe they do. I've wondered what it would be like. Can I say in those moments of difficulty and, and uh, certain persecution, those in North Korea, read the stories of those that get put in prison in North Korea? and how awful it is, starving to death. And if you find a rat and you kill that rat and you eat it, you will be severely punished if they find out because that is government property that you stole. So they starve to death. They, they're working uh, hour, uh, difficult jobs, long hours every single day on little rations. And they're beat and they're abused, many for their faith. If that were to happen to me, can I say, and I know that all things work together for them that love God, to them that are called according to His purpose. What's my answer going to be? Or I'm going to say, Lord, why are you doing this? What is going on here? Have you forgotten me? We know that He has not. We know that He will be with us through those trials. I come back to the testimony, and I don't know the lady's name, I don't know that it was even given, but in the Fox's Book of Martyrs, the woman that watched her six kids get killed. They told her, do you recant your faith? And she said no, and they killed the first one, and on down the line they killed all six right there in front of her. How awful it must have been. Did she question God, or did she say, I know that all things work together for good to them that that love God, to them that are called according to His purpose. It's easy in our state today, but we need to be ready and have it determined in our heart that he is right and ask him moment by moment to give us the faith to say I know you are with me and I know you're doing what is right. Let's pray. Lord, thank you again for our time tonight. I I know I know it's it's um it's easy to stand up and, and say, I trust the Lord. It's easy to to say, I will never um, question you. Lord, it's another thing in our trials to have that faith, to have that strength. And Lord, we, we know that only through you can we do these things. Lord, as, as we walk day by day, I, I, uh, I know and I praise you that you are... That you are um, working in our life, each one of our lives, to, to shape us in your image. Lord, help us to be aware of that. Help us to trust you in that and, and to look to you, um, Father, in our difficulties, for strength to rest in you. I don't know our future. Lord, I know that you will never leave us nor forsake us, and I praise you for it. Guide us this week, Lord, use each one of us to be a light To Wichita Falls, Father, as we have opportunity, help us to be bold in our witness and and to take every chance that we have to tell someone about You. Lord, we'd love to hear of a soul being saved this week or many souls being saved, Lord. For Your honor and Your glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank You for being here tonight. You are dismissed.